managing editor and host of Talk That Talk, award-winning journalist Terrell Chatterbox Emerson. Welcome to it. Welcome to it. It is 10 o'clock on a Wednesday night, so you guys know what time it is. It's time for Talk That Talk. Make sure that these levels are right. Make sure that these levels are right. Sounds good. Once again, I am your host, Terrell Chatterbox Emerson. It seems like a lonely studio in here, and this looks like it's a one-man show, but as always, we got our Florida man fact-checking. Super vaccinated, right? Oh, yeah. I got the chip in me. I'm fully, uh, I'm fully chipped. So they know exactly where we are and what we're doing. Sometimes late at night, you know, I think I hear the fan, but it's actually like Bill Gates breathing heavy. Uh, if you know, you know. You know, so other than that, everything's, Damn. everything's, everything's good. But in all seriousness, how was the uh, – okay, the first time you told us that you got your, your shots, uh, you mentioned that you felt – the the symptoms you felt bad afterwards the, afterwards yeah, the man. second time you said it was just body aches right yeah no the first time i was just like i was like very uh not very sick but i was like minorly sick feverish for like a day and my arm hurt this time just body aches just body aches this time yeah that's what i've been getting a lot of the second time around With Madonna, um pfizer uh, people i've asked that have took pfizer they have no side effects none at all and which one did you do Moderna. Moderna. They didn't give me a choice. I, I asked them, you know, maybe I could top it off with Johnson & Johnson, and they didn't, you know, they weren't going for it. They, yeah, they wouldn't bite on that one. No, they didn't, they didn't even have it. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and, of course, go ahead and start out with, by thanking some of our sponsors and none bigger than, of course, the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino, where Talk That Talk radio show records live from and we do this, what, twice a week on Wednesdays and on Sundays. And we're doing it from Westgate, Las Vegas Resort and Casino from the largest super book in the world for over 50 years. Formerly known as the largest hotel in the world for nearly a decade. The Westgate, Las Vegas Resort and Casino. What's today? March 31st. So, 30 days ago, I told you guys about them, uh, Westgate starting their, their uh what was it? Was it Hoops Madness? Or was it, it was something along the lines of just March Madness? But they were starting their uh, challenge for that. Now that March Madness is grinding to a screeching halt, we'll get into the Final Four in, uh, in a second. But now they just started their baseball wins season, or excuse me, baseball season wins challenge. And now everybody's attention is going to start slowly turning to baseball. We're going to talk about that our second hour. We're going to get a little get into a little baseball preview. But again, if you do get an opportunity, come down to 3000 Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109, here at the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino, where they just began their baseball season wins challenge. And that will run all the way until October 3rd. Shout out. Let's get to it. Um, Salim, I want to actually start. Oh, wait. See? I do this all the time. I'm not doing it again. My mom's tipping. Where we at? All right. My mom's tipping. She got to get us started right, right? You can't always wait for something to happen. You have to be the one to make it happen. Yeah, I mean, complacency is uh, is the worst. Uh, you have to go out there and get it. Once again, I'm going to read that. You can't always wait for something to happen. You have to be the one to make it happen. All right, Celine, we're going to hop right into some sports talk, man. Beautiful. You ready? Yes, sir. I'm going to throw a monkey wrench in because I don't think we're going to talk about it for very long. But let's talk about this NFL uh, offseason a little bit more. You're rolling your eyes already, man. Are we not a fan of the 17-game NFL season? 
I admire just how open the NFL is with their like greed. <laughs> no more five hundred. Like it, it's like yeah, no, we're not. No more five hundred. You we're getting another game, and you're not getting another bye week. So for me. you, okay. So clearly, we always make fun of the NFL for the way that they handle things and the way that they kind of always seem like they're last to the party. Maybe I guess fifteen minutes before the NCAA, but um. In all seriousness, health comes into play, right? That's what we're thinking about. So now comes you want to give us you want to give us do you have the specifics up already on the 17th uh, no, game I'll NFL put, season? I'll, I'll, I'll have you bring it up right now, but in the process, I want to know how long is the discussion going to be about what the give and take either will be moving forward or should have been originally. Like you just said, whether it be a second bye week, whether it be more roster spots, what do, do you now develop an NFL farm system? Like what what ha- I get it's only one game, but that can change a lot. No, it, it's it's huge. I mean, in the NFL, how many playoff spots come down to like uh some tiebreaker against this person's record versus the AFC and and you know and this guy that wore blue pants on this day, like it's uh I mean, well, we just saw it in the AFC this year. I mean, your team was one of them. We yeah, saw the Raiders, the Colts, the Ravens, Browns, Browns and, and the Dolphins. Dolphins went 10-6, and six, didn't make the playoffs. The Giants went 6-10 and 10 and were complaining they didn't make it. it it's a horror. <laughs> so I guess this uh, additional game is only going to cloud things a little bit more for us, but we'll see. Um, again. Yeah, so I, I have it up here. Okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, it'll be – each team, sorry, I lost. All good. Teams will rotate between nine home games and eight away games and vice versa every other year. Each team will continue to have one bye week. Okay. Whatever. Grand opening, grand closing? Uh, <laughs> Salim, say something. Like At least give them another bye week. Give them more roster spots. Yeah, that and like just make it like an 18 18- – game season so this is this is what i want to challenge you with and i i don't know if you feel the same exact way that i do but i stopped watching first take not for no particular reason um but i stopped watching first take not that not that i'm avoiding it but has it's been a while but the last time i remember this being a topic of discussion when i was watching it stephen a smith proposed the idea or maybe he was reporting and saying how do you feel about a 17 game season but every player's max still being 16 games played I don't like that idea. Just because you gave that a lot more thought than I did. Yeah, I don't like it at all. Because I mean, <laughs> that could easily like, let's say a guy didn't get his, you know, his. Uh, let's say it's a quarterback. Every quarterback would have to miss a game. I'm not sitting there, Rogers. Yeah. For no, any reason. That's the, if I, I don't have to, for for what? I don't fam? know why I thought about that for as long as that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. <laughs> that's so bad. That's so bad. So I have to determine whether. Devontae Adams plays this week, and then Aaron Jones doesn't play the next week, and then Aaron Rodgers doesn't play the week after that. Just give him another bye week. <laughs> it's actually a very simple fix. Damn. But, again, I, I don't watch first take. Uh, no disrespect to Stephen A. Smith. He's great. He's a great entertainer. He's great at what he does. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not going for him for, like, analysis and deep diving. Some people do. Hey, there you go. No problem. <laughs> not for me. I don't. 
If it's not about boxing, I don't want to know Max Kellerman's opinion on much. Um, <laughs> that's interesting. So, and that's, you know, that's fine. But again, the NFL, if you're going to do this, at least give them another bye week. So let's let's analyze what this 17-game season is going to look like because you just mentioned it right now, or I mentioned it earlier. Uh, one thing that I, main thing that I took away was no more 500. <laughs> People aren't going to be yeah. 500. Either you're going to be sink, either you're going to sink or sink or you're going to swim. You could be eight, eight and one. Who's going to be the first team to finish eight, eight and one? My money is on either the Atlanta Falcons. You got them winning eight games. <laughs> Don't do that, fam. Out of seventeen, I hope. The past how many years? Four years now. Jesus. She's eight, eight and one. Yeah, man. I'm either going. I think that's a ra- honestly. I think that's the Raiders. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it, guy. Don't do it. I would say the Dolphins because that's like typical Dolphins, but I think they're going to be solid this year. And also Flores. It's typical Arizona as well. Flores plays to win. Like as as corny as that sounds, like he's not going for a tie. After the two seasons I've watched with him as head coach, like I can tell you. Like, what if it happens to the Cincinnati Bengals? Ooh, yeah, it's the team I was thinking about. If they get to eight wins, though, that's pretty good, honestly. Without an A.J. Green, with the defense that's still, what, haphazard? And that offensive line, I mean, they got to add that big guy from uh, Oregon. Well, I know what we'll get into what UNLV is not adding, but what UNLV is losing. Excuse me? I think it's still going to be the Raiders. I sincerely hope not. Do you know how many firsts the Raiders have set? I don't think they want to set that one. I don't know, man. (laughs) Well... What I will do, really quick, I mentioned our sponsors already. We had we didn't have sponsors last week. We do have sponsors again this week. I do want to say shout-out to Center for the Young and Gifted. Make sure this microphone is adjusted. I do want to say shout-out to the beautiful, beautiful. I, I've seen this, the, these plans. I've seen the idea. I've seen the work that has gone behind it. This is not only a school. This is an initiative. So I do want to shout out Center for the Young and Gifted that is headed by director, CEO, and owner Tatiana Jordan. They are going to offer trilingual early childhood education. That's awesome. The three languages are English, Spanish, and Mandarin. In case you are unfamiliar, Mandarin is the fastest growing business language. The Education Center will house anybody from six weeks to six years of age, and it will serve all of Los Angeles County and the surrounding areas. That's amazing. Tell me about it. That's really good, especially because it's been proven through many studies that kids younger than the ages of 10 and 11. They're more receptive to that. You can learn a language much easier. It just is what it like. I wish somebody would have did it. I was on the French when I was younger. This is not. This is this is not no, part no, of that. Let me get back to it. It's way harder to learn. Not that somebody can't learn a language when right. they're older, but it's it's a lot harder. I don't know how many other languages I'm learning right now. Kids pick up <laughs> languages so quickly. Hundred percent. And they are now enrolling for the 2021-2022 school year. The summer program availability will launch with the school's new website on Saturday, May first. For any information, they can be found at info. Or I shouldn't say at, but they can be found at the email of info at 
CFTYAG.com. Once again, at a center for the young and gifted, headed by director Tatiana Jordan. Um, yeah, man, I was in the I was in the French when I was younger, and then I just wasn't. Like I I don't know, man. It's so funny, you know, because I speak a good amount of Arabic, and mm. everybody says Arabic's this really hard, crazy language. Let me tell you, I tried to learn French in high school. I took a couple of French classes. Mm-hmm. That was ten times harder. French is cool, man. German's hard. Yeah, I, I have no interest in learning German. German's hard. Ger- I, w- I will say German's hard. French is cool. Um, I know Spanish to the point to where, I'll put it this way. People have had conversations around me in full-blown Spanish, and I understand every word that's being said. I am not confident enough to respond yet. Like, I could, but I don't. I don't know. I don't want to get stumped with something and I'm sitting there like, And that's the crux of it. To get good at a language, you have to speak it. But then people don't want to speak it because they don't feel like they're good enough. Exactly. And then it's like a catch-22 sort of situation. I'm not speaking Spanish. I understand. You can speak to me in Spanish. But I won't be. (laughs) I'm going to write all of my responses down. Um, But, yeah, man, I wanted to get into that really quick because this this, this 17-game NFL season, I think, is going to bring more – Believe it or not, I know we love our football here in, in in the United States, but I do think it's going to bring a lot more criticism simply because of the health aspect. But I mean, what's next? They have Wednesday night football too. I mean, didn't we already have every game? A game every oh, yeah, week? last year, yeah, when we had like games <laughs> every game every like day this week. One o'clock at Tuesday in the afternoon. <laughs> Fam, I went to work one day and like got the notification for the Bills and the and the, oh, the yeah, and the, the Chiefs or something. Yeah, some and it was like fa- this is Tuesday. Night. It's not even night. It's Tuesday afternoon yeah, football. Tuesday in the afternoon. <laughs> I don't know. That's funny. Well, I guess it works if you're on the East Coast, right? Six o'clock for you on a Tuesday night. You, man. One of the worst things. Like, I, I like Vegas. I'm not going to move back to Florida. But what man, are you about to say? It's My parents went to Florida. Oh, yeah. They did. That's all, are they back? Or? They are. Shout out to my parents. I would not even tell the public if my parents were still in Miami. There was no way. I oh, just yeah. That's not the way I move. Um, but, yes, they are back. Shout out to them. Yeah, no, like, the fact that NBA games start at, like, 4.30 over here. Relax, bro. Like, oh, my God. Like, It's amazing for me. There's so many games that I miss out on because I'm still working. I'll put it this way. I'm spoiled because we said it on the podcast. I think it was episode 17. Shout out to everybody at the OD. We appreciate you. Um, where are we at? You're right. That that contract was a 10-day contract. Hopefully, we can get into that, too. Yeah. Um. I'm from L.A., and the good thing about the 4 o'clock games or the 4.30 games, you get to watch that as you pregame for the Laker game at 7.30. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I guess. But one thing I do miss about Florida is, like, the game starting at 7.30 – Seven o'clock's the earliest game, usually some Orlando or Washington game. <laughs> Nobody watches that with the Sixers sometimes. <laughs> I'm so mad the that you game even. will start at seven thirty. And then when you're all like rested, like your entire day's over, then you get the late West Coast games, ten thirty. And you get like Dallas and the Lakers and you wanna see it. Yeah, and then you stay up. And then when you're young, you're at, you're begging your mom, please let me stay up for this Wednesday night game. <laughs> and she tells you no, and then you stay up anyway. And you regret it on Thursday morning? And when she's not look, yeah. <laughs> I've watched so many Heat West Coast games against my mother's wishes. And then you wake up to Jay-Z Renegade. I love it. Um, if you listen to the podcast, you know exactly what I'm talking about, guys. Yeah. 
Um, let's get into some. Uh, do you fools listen to music? <laughs> um, are we getting to local news? Local news? Is that was was that the deal? Yeah. yeah local oh, Celine. I don't. I'm very upset that you let me start this pod or start this radio show, and I'm 17 minutes in, and I haven't mentioned the fact that we haven't raffled off <laughs> this bobblehead yet. So again, guys, clearly we would have started the show with the raffle. Um, we've decided to extend it a little bit, give everybody a little bit more of a chance. Uh, we've had a lot more people enter. Um, so yeah, at the present moment, we're just kind of gonna let it go on a little bit longer. I'm unsure about how long we're gonna do it. I don't think Kobe's probably going to let me do it for any more than maybe a week or two. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But, again, you guys still have time to do that. Our radio show on SoundCloud. Be a follower on our SoundCloud channel. Once again, that is Talk That Talk Radio Show. Once again, be a follower on our SoundCloud channel, Talk That Talk Radio Show. And once you're a follower, you're automatically entered into this raffle. Maybe you'll be the lucky recipient of this Mark andre Fleury bobblehead. Um... Do I start VGK? Let's do that. Start VGK. I'm switching it up somewhere. Let's switch it up. I saw uh, a little bit of tonight's game. Which part? Well, it was two nothing, and then I saw the goal to make it two one. So you saw the good part. And then I saw it go to three one. I didn't see what happened after that. Nothing else positive. Um. So the Knights ended up losing four two to the Kings. So after tonight, like people might not want the Mark Andre Fleury bobblehead. I surely hope that they do still. <laughs> Everybody's allowed to have bad games. Yes, but he he's had a couple now. Um, when you're 36, you get a pass, I guess. Not everybody is LeBron. <laughs> or Chris I don't think Ball. anybody is LeBron besides LeBron. Or Chris Paul. Um, I just want to let that breathe for a little bit because the point guy continues to be a god. 36, 36-year-old um, guys still going. However, this is Marc Andre Fleury's seventh time this season giving up four goals or more. And his fifth time in the month of March. You were not here last week or what Sunday. is this? Wednesday? Sunday. Sunday. Thank you, sir. Um we asked during the show if there was reason to be worried. I'm gonna ask you, Florida man. Mm. Have I said your name yet? My my government name? Yes. The name like that people just call me? Yes. I'm pretty sure you have at least. I think I have. If I have not, that is Salim Dweck. You guys know our Florida man fact checker. Yeah. Now, Florida man. Um, Mark andre Fleury. Seven times he's given up four goals or more. Right. Five times in a month of March. Are you concerned? Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's one thing if there's like a 29-year-old guy having a slump. Right. Another thing, you know, if a 36-year-old guy who's been playing since 2003 professionally, you know, is giving up how many four-goal games? Seven this season? Five in the month of March. Like, that's usually not like, oh, he'll have a bounce back. Like, that could just be signs of, like, aging and just not being as quick as he used to be. Um so yeah, that's uh, that's my only thought on that. Like he's, I don't really see it. So for me, in the beginning of of this season, are we more so looking at the beginning of the year, like you just said? He's still a, a 
a professional goalie yeah. in the National Hockey League. So, and for what it's worth, it's similar to what we've said about LeBron and, and Chris Paul even and Tom Brady and who else did we say it about? Derek Jeter. Their fall from ascension makes their bad a lot better than everybody else's regular. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. So in the beginning of the year, were we just looking at a Marc-Andre Fleury that wasn't maybe spectacular, but maybe spectacular for a 36-year-old? I'm also going to say this. Like, I don't watch Knights games. Like, I don't watch all of them. I don't watch them very intently. And as we all know, goals uh, allowed for a goalie can be deceptive. Very true. It can be a deceptive stat. One of the goals tonight, at the very least. Because a lot of that's on the defense. It's like pitcher wins. Remember King Felix with Seattle? He was always going 500 and, and below, but he was the best pitch, one of the best pitchers of his era. There was a couple of games, a couple of seasons he was the best pitcher. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, So I'd have to go and watch those games individually. But from what people have told me, he's he's been slipping as well, not just the, uh, the defense, the defenders. So – here, here's another thing that I want to give you that I truthfully think if you said that you were going to worry about that and that was cause to pause, I think this definitely is going to be a reason. Prior to tonight's game, the, I almost said the Aces, the Knights came into the game 24-8-1, 49 points overall. Were they, not only were they first in the West, they were third in the NHL, one point behind the lead, right? Right, yeah. Now, with one loss, they're 24-9-1 with 49 points. Not much change besides that loss column, right? Yeah. Colorado won tonight, which means that they have now leapfrogged VGK and now sit in first place at 23-8-4 with 50 points. Is that reason for concern? It's worth monitoring. I wouldn't say concern. Like it. I like it. I would say it's a nice uh, in between, like between just not thinking about it at all and being like genuinely concerned. I think it's like a nice. So how do you monitor it? Do you monitor it in a sense of seeing who the potential playoff matchup would be if you stay second? Do you monitor it in the sense of worry about each game kind of as it comes, but we know that we need home field advantage, home ice advantage rather over the avalanche if it came to that time. Yeah, for sure. And, and no games. I haven't heard anything about a bubble this year. And no you? games in Lake Tahoe. <laughs> yes. Please avoid all games in Lake Tahoe yeah. and the mushy ice. Um, Disaster. <laughs> Celine, yes. Salim was just shaking his head like, who didn't anticipate that? Um, Salim, mm. do we – have we, rather, heard anything about a, a bubble, playoff bubble? I haven't. I can look it up and see. But look I it up for the NHL. Yeah. I know um, Adam Silver said that he was open to it. This was months ago. But he said he was open to it considering how the last one was so successful. However, fans are being let back in the arena, so I don't see them missing yeah, out yeah, on no, playoff tickets. That's players just aren't going for it. Fam. I wouldn't. I don't blame them. I'm going back to campus? I'm not doing that. No, 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 no. no. That's <laughs> all right. We'll talk about back to campus shortly, too. So, okay, so uh, – NHL Moles playoff bubble after surviving COVID crisis. This was on March 11th, 2021. 
So 20 days ago. Okay, so they're similar to the NBA. They're probably mulling it over. Um, I What I will say is I don't believe that NHL arenas, correct me if I'm wrong, have begun letting as many fans in as NBA arenas. Have they? For most, uh, I don't – yeah, I think you're right. From I don't know. Because even the Knights, they still have their cap at 2,600. I don't know if the Lakers have any fans besides friends and family. Yeah, there's only, like, some teams allowing a good amount of fans. and By playoff time, the Lakers are not going to miss an entire banner being yeah. raised. Or they didn't even do it. But they're not going to miss that opportunity and miss a second playoff run. So, potentially, the Lakers fans can miss two titles. I don't know. But, anyway – We'll see about the NHL. It's just funny because the teams that are, like, allowing fans into the stadium, like in the NBA, like, it's not going to matter much. What about Miami? Weren't you guys trying to offer vaccinated seating? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they had, like, a like a vaccinated section. It felt like a who's who. <laughs> yeah, that's worth – think about – if you thought that VIPs were snobby, imagine the vaccinated people. It's like me going to Krispy Kreme with my vaccine. Because you know that Krispy Kreme gives out free donuts to people. To people vaccinated? Yeah, yeah. I was like me the other day. Like, everybody's, like, paying and stuff. And I just, like, walk up and show my card. Yeah, me two cho- chocolate sprinkles. <laughs> I had something to say about just Vegas nightclubs. But I, forget it. I will say it. Similar to that, it's very hilarious just when any of us on the staff go into a club, whatever the case may be. And, yeah, like you just said, you walk up to the front of the line and people are usually like, who is that? It's it's so funny. I'm going to get in is who I am. It's so funny because, like, I'm Muslim. I don't drink. I don't gamble. I still have fun, but, like, I don't. (laughs) But it's like. So, like, when I was doing Uber driving, uh-huh. and, like, all the tourists would be like, oh, what are the good clubs? I don't know, bro. <laughs> Go on Google. You, your guess is as good as mine. I don't like the club setting, and this is not a, a podcast conversation, so we're going to get off of this shortly, but I don't like the club setting, per se. But, um, like you just said, you got to have fun. I, there was no way I was going to be out here in Vegas and not have a couple of stories about a couple of places. Whether it's downtown, whether it's the strip, whether it's a hole in the wall, whatever the case may be. Huh? Just like, go out and eat some good Mexican food, bro. I don't know. And I, I have another food. reason why. I love food places in the city. That's what I do. Okay. Let's just break that down on a, as as a podcast topic. Why Las Vegas doesn't specialize in any particular food, and we'll get to that shortly. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that to, on the pod this week. But we we gave you guys just a little glimpse of what's going on in terms of Vegas, and clearly. This is where we chose to go to school. But this was a perfect transition to talk a little bit about UNLV and what has happened on campus. The biggest story on campus so far has continued to be uh, the UNLV men's basketball team. Before we get to the UNLV men's basketball team, Salim, did you get your email that we can walk the stage? I did get that email. That makes me extremely happy, brother. Are you going to walk the stage? You damn right. I worked very hard for that. Mm. I don't care, fam. I'm going to. I will cartwheel across that stage. No, no, no. I, like I, I've never met the president in damn my life. I need you to shake my hand, sir. I don't care, fam. I wouldn't even want president when I was there. I don't care. I don't care. I worked no, way I, too hard for it. No, I feel you. And similar to what we talked about before, when they did our virtual graduation, they scrolled our names past. Fam, you about to read my name? 
Yeah, no, I got a reading. Uh, you and Tyler, I guess, got the scroll. I think me, Tyler, Duna, Daryl, like, hey, we all might. Kobe. Anyway, let's not do that. Anyway, let's talk about some other people that may be leaving UNLV. That's unfortunate. I, I think a couple of them may be leaving before they finish uh, school and they may be finishing school somewhere else. David Jenkins Jr. is one of those players. Now, nobody seems surprised when, I guess, the news broke that David Jenkins announced that he was transferring. Uh, I'll put it this way. He announced that he entered the transfer portal. He did make it a point to mention that it did not automatically mean that he was leaving UNLV. Um, He left the door open for a possible return. Last season, in his first and only season, if he does leave, at UNLV, David Jenkins averaged 14.8 points per game on 41% from three-point range. UNLV could use a guy like that. They had a guy like that, and they complained a lot about that guy. Well, now he's gone. <laughs> so they got what they got. I guess everybody got what they wanted. David, the fan base. At this point, and for what it's worth, David played in all 27 games as well. He did mention this possible, um, this possible return. Now, this is the part that I want to read from Twitter. And I'm going to pull it up right now and hope that it doesn't – it's not like way off in terms of uh, timeliness, in terms of trying to get this done. But a report came out from the Las Vegas Suns' own Mike Gramala. And his tweet when he broke the story that uh, David Jenkins was going to be the seventh player from UNLV to enter the transfer, transfer portal, this was his tweet. I thought UNLV might have a chance. Is this a, that's out there now? I think this is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think yeah, I think so. This is a that's out there now. I've been doing these notes for this radio show for two days, and I did not write that's out there now. So, Alex, if you're at home, shout out to our residential national champion, as always, Alex White. Your favorite your favorite topic is in your uh, favorite segment is coming up now. That's out there now. Mike Ramallah tweeted. I thought UNLV might have a chance to hold on to Jenkins after their uh, excuse me after the coaching change, but it appears not. This is a tough loss for UNLV. He skips. He you know what I mean. He, you press return. You press enter. Whatever device you're doing it from. So you know it, it creates that 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 space, that extra skipped line. And then he says some details on that rift that de- on the rift that developed. Between Jenkins and T.J. Otzelberger in the story. Hmm. So most people, of course, wanted to know what the riff was. Right. Tyler Bischoff takes an excerpt from the pipe, from the story and posts it on Twitter. He's always stirring some, some things up, huh? This is what I will say about Tyler Bischoff. Tyler Bischoff does a great job with his reporting um, in terms oh, no, of – absolutely. I'm going to finish this. Trust me when I tell you. He does a great job with his reporting. Um, Asks very good questions. I don't like any person who disguises being honest and genuine. I can't – let me not say genuine. I can't prove whether somebody's genuine or not. But when somebody disguises honesty for trolling or joking – 
Yeah. And that pisses me off. Because mm. now when a person tells the truth, they're going to be looked at as trolling or joking. Right. No, I'm telling the truth. However you take it is how you take it. Absolutely. Now, I have said before, I'm not even speaking of Tyler Bischoff in this moment. I'm speaking generally. Mm. I do know reporters who are scared of conflict. So joking or trolling is a guise for maybe I don't know any other way to get this question out. That's just me. Whatever. Mm. So Tyler Bischoff says, according to a source, or excuse me, Tyler Bischoff tweets the excerpt from uh, my Gramala story. According to a source, Ostelberger soured on, first of all, first of all, wait, time out. Celine, why are you smiling at me? Oh, no, I was just saying. Never mind. <laughs> okay, because we know how important it is. We've edited stories, and we know how important it is to switch out certain words depending on the severity of the case. Absolutely. If I say that our relationship has soured, what does that mean to you? It's such a cliche term, soured. What do you think of when you think of sour? We were pals, and then now we're not. <laughs> you know what I think of when I think of sour? I think of bad milk. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think of that smell. So when I hear sour, I think of the face that you make when you smell bad milk. And I think of your reaction if somebody offered you bad milk. It's damn near aggressive, right? I'd be upset. Nobody's offered me, like, in the past seven or eight years bad milk. I, I truthfully hope nobody has ever offered you bad milk. Well, people don't offer me milk very often. <laughs> I get pimples, bro. I don't. I can't have too much dairy in my diet. <laughs> I was about to say that's that. Fl- never, never mind. Never, no comment. Hey, it <laughs> happens here too. Happens here too. The cows on this side of the country are not too different. I guess I'll give you that. Yeah. According to a source, Osselberger soured on Jenkins during the course of the 2020-21 season. Midway through the campaign, Osselberger summoned Jenkins to a one-on-one meeting in which the coach told Jenkins he would not have a place on the UNLV roster in 2021-22. According to the source, Osselberger told Jenkins he did not enjoy coaching him anymore. Well, luckily for TJ, he, uh, you know, he could take his mediocre record to cornfields in Iowa and try to rebuild a program that went 2-20 and 20 or whatever. 2-22. Two 2-22, and 22. Two and 22, sorry. There you go. End it, this, end it the year on an 18-game losing streak. Give them their credit. Hey, maybe, hey, TJ, maybe you'll win four or five games this year. You'll be the savior of the cornfields. <laughs> Hell out of here. So David Jenkins quoted that tweet and said, this is false with multiple exclamation points. Um... Joe Budden, shout out to Joe Budden. Joe Budden has always said for quite some time, nobody cares about the truth and a lie is more entertaining. So let's play with the idea that this is true. I think it's true. I don't necessarily think it's not true, and I'm going to tell you why, though. However, first of all, let me say this. Whether it's true or not, it bothers me, and I know it bothers you, when people make it seem like – and. I, you, I guess you have some reporters that do it. Let me not say that. You, I guess you have some reporters that do it. But they're very far and few. Very far and few in between. So I say that to say it grinds my gears when people make it seem like reporters just pull things out of the thin air. 
Whether it's true or not, somebody wanted that out. And they told Mike Gramala. Whether true or not. Whether they didn't like David or whether they don't like TJ. Mm. I don't think Mike is grasping at straws. And, and it's so funny, too, because this happens all the time throughout sports. Like, we're a, a verified reporter, like a guy that's in the know will come out and say something. I remember last year with um, – what was his name? He's a reporter for the Clippers mid-season or a little before. He I think I know you're talking about. I can't think of the name either. Uh, I, I, he's great. It's, great it's, reporter. If it comes back to you, you can I'll think I'll, I'll look him up after. Um, he said, you know, about the rift and the Clippers locker room and Montrezl Harrell and Paul George. And everybody was bag- – all the Clippers players were bagging on this guy. Turns out he was right the entire time. Absolutely. What about the Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert thing? Absolutely. You're, oh, this is false. They do it to save face, and I get it. Mm-hmm. But if I was David Jenkins, of course I'd say that's false, because then it'd be like, what coach is gonna want to coach me after this? Not only that, it's like, you like now, I don't have agency over my decision. It's just because I wasn't gonna be here anyway. Right. That is a that is a better point, rather. So, of course these guys are gonna deny. It. That's fine, but that doesn't mean it's not true. Now, here's the deal. I mean, uh, look, uh, Kyle Shanahan just said Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be uh, their quarterback or whatever. Mike Mayock said that him and John Gruden would bang the table for Derek Carr, and your, you and my response was to keep him or, like, bang, bang the, the table, table to, to take him, like, to try to give him away. Like a wobbly table or something? <laughs> you guys trying to, like, just having a I love dinner? Derek Carr, but I just love the way that they make it seem like there's just no other quarterback better than Derek Carr. Um... I love professional sports. A guy will tell him, yeah, we're not going to trade you. And then, like, 10 hours later, you're, like, living in a different state. Trade it. I mean, for what it's worth, we we got the news. I know we're going to get to baseball in the second hour. For what it's worth, Francisco Lindor signed his 10-year $341 million with the New York Mets today. I believe an hour before that story broke, a story broke that they were far apart on a deal. <laughs> so what the hell happened in that hour? Don't worry about it. Um, so about David Jenkins, let's let's talk about this really quick. Let's – Give you a different name to ponder. Do you remember Donnie Tillman from the team last season? The Utah transfer? Yes. Pac-12 freshman yes, of the yes, year yes, transfer? Yes, yes, yes. He's no longer at UNLV. Remember, Donnie Tillman missed games due to disciplinary reasons. So TJ has been – open about having one-on-one meetings. Now let's fast forward to this year. David Jenkins gets pulled out of a game because of defensive intensity, I believe it was. And it wasn't even just his defensive intensity. It was getting the team together defensively with him being the point guard, him leading the group defensively. He was removed from the starting lineup. And then he was put back into the starting lineup when it seemed like there was no other choice. With all that said, did it look like TJ still enjoyed coaching David? I don't think TJ, you know, like, I don't know, man. Like, What were you about to say, Salim? Don't, before you give me what you don't know, let me ask you this. Were you getting ready to say that TJ didn't look like he was ready to – or he wanted to coach or he was happy coaching at UNLV anymore? 
you want me to leave Las Vegas to go to Iowa to coach a 2-22 and team, I got to be pretty unhappy where I'm at, including the fact that I was probably going to get offered an extension. I was already under contract. Yeah, for me to leave all that and, like, cancel my cable and uproot <coughs> my life to go to Iowa for a 2-22 and program, yeah, I would have to hate my life pretty badly over here, I'll tell you that much. Hmm. No offense How to long people from Iowa, um, <coughs> sure. How long do you think... If you guys have internet out there, I'm sorry. How long do you think... <laughs> Wasn't that Vernon Maxwell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> said that about Utah. Um, I never made those tweets. Hilarious. Are we going to question how long TJ had a foot out the door? Judging by his uh, coaching, you know, he never really had a foot in the door. I mean, <laughs> I think there was like a window open and he was like waving to everybody. All right. He was like outside. I'm not doing this. <laughs> he was like outside. I'm not doing this. See, now this is the part where if we were on the scripted show, I probably would have said cut because I really want to laugh and I can't do it. Um, no, but honestly, <laughs> like looking at how Fam. he's coached. <laughs> he said, I'm not sure he had a foot in. Um, I hope he had a foot in. There's a window cracked or something. I don't know. <laughs> You're right. He might have just waved. Uh, <laughs> I'm unsure where David Jenkins goes. I'll be honest with you, man. I'm not sure what, what happens. I know David Jenkins turned down Gonzaga and Oregon to come to UNOV and follow TJ Otzelberger. Oof. Oh, my God. You just – I'm just – That's rough. Am I trolling right now? No, you're so – I'm being very serious. Like, so. No, you're being, saying you know. reality. I mean, uh, oh my, Oregon and Gonzaga to follow this guy for a 29 and 30 record in two seasons, one in which you didn't play. And now, like you know, apparently he's getting, you know, he told him, yeah, I don't want to coach you after you're one of my best players, if not the best on the team. I don't Isn't that similar to like a relationship? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Where women, granted, my podcast is all, it's nothing but women on my podcast all the time. Yeah. But they talk about the man that wants a million kids and then has a million kids and then looks at his wife and is like, mm, I want somebody younger. It's like, fam, wait a minute. Let me explain something to you. <laughs> let me explain something to you. Do you know what I sacrificed to get here? If you were David Jenkins and you were in that meeting. Right. And you're looking at TJ Osselberger, somebody who you. I don't want to laugh when I say this because it's not a joke. Somebody who you trusted. To follow the UNLV. Over a chance to play for Oregon. Oregon Zaga. What is your initial response when he says, I don't like, or let's say he said it. Let's say he says, I don't enjoy coaching you anymore. You're David Jenkins. Your response is what? Remember, we are live on air, sir. <laughs> this is a bad I, question. I, I, I have nothing to say that I could say on air. Uh, that would, it would involve me telling uh, coach TJ I refuse to learn his last name. Um, <laughs> I so I felt that way at first until you hear it pronounced and it's like oh Otzelberger okay yeah, I don't care what it's <laughs> I guess you don't have to learn it anymore 
Yeah, unless you're going to be Iowa, where's it from, Iowa State? Iowa State. Yeah, I'll make sure to catch all the big Iowa State games. My Maybe Iowa State and Kansas State? Yeah, my to-do list. Um, um, aside from David Jenkins and T.J. Osterberger actually being the ones to leave, uh, Bryce Hamilton, who is the team's leading scorer, um, and for, for whatever it's worth, man, I know Amari, Amari Hardy showed glimpses, David Jenkins showed glimpses, Mbake showed glimpses. I think when you look at this team for the last two seasons, I think that you look at UNLV basketball and you only think Bryce Hamilton. Um, Marvin Coleman has had some great moments, some great games, but I think most people think Bryce Hamilton. And he announced earlier today that he has his intentions to declare for the, NF- for the NFL, for the NBA draft. He's doing the process without hiring an agent, so he, re- he maintains his, um, his collegiate eligibility. So he's just going to go collect some data, see if teams are interested in him, and possibly return to school. Do you think this is a good move for uh, yeah, for yeah, Bryce? I think, a good move. I think this is the perfect move for Bryce. You don't you don't put all your eggs in one basket. You know you're like you said, collecting all the data that you need. If Bryce doesn't become a better defender, a lot of people said that David Jenkins is like built essentially right now for the G League. He could play in the G League. However, Bryce Hamilton, if he does not defend, what's his ceiling? I have no idea. Because you're talking about a mid-major conference. I mean, I would have to go and look. For a guy to even be solid in the NBA, you're. I'm not saying you'd have to dominate the Mountain West Conference, but you'd have to be, I think, better than he currently is. And for what is worth, David Jake, or excuse me, Bryce Hamilton does play the passing lanes. He, I believe, he had five or maybe six steals twice this season. So he he he, he, he can player. do it. He's a solid he can player do for it. sure, no doubt. I just think uh, playing in a conference like this, uh, which isn't the worst, definitely not. For There's sure, good teams, but to become a solid NBA player, you need to be doing a lot more at this level, hmm. in my opinion. Well, I can tell you who is doing a lot more, and that is Center for the Young and Gifted, where they are offering trilingual early childhood education. You want to know what those three languages are that they're going to be teaching? You told me. So should I tell you a second time? Yeah. I think I should, right? Yeah. Those three languages are English, Spanish, and Mandarin. And in case you were not aware, Mandarin is the fastest growing business language. They will offer that to anybody that is six weeks to six years of age, they will serve all of Los Angeles County and its surrounding areas. They're now enrolling for their 2021-2022 school year. The summer program availability will launch with the school's new website on Saturday, May 1st. For any questions, you can email them at info at centerfortheyoungandgifted.com. Once again, it is info at cftyag.com. What you got for me? Did you have to? Ch- oh, I thought you were ready to chime in with something. So we have oh, about no, twelve sorry, minutes. I, was, I had my hand like, I, it's late for me, guys. I was yawning a little bit. <laughs> All good. <laughs> hey man, these Wednesday shows, for what it's worth, I think you guys can tell when we're tired because I have for sure been in the middle of introing stuff, and a smooth one just wiped me over. And the funny thing is, like. Everybody's getting more comfortable in their in their positions. So I've had Duna continue conversations. I just had you do it a minute ago when I was drinking water. Eh, 
we try to fill in for each other. Uh, do we have anything else on UNLV? No. Nothing else on Bryce or David? Well, I guess I'll tell you a little bit about what's going on with the whatever team is going to stay here. In case you are unfamiliar, Lon Kruger, who is the head coach, I said head coach, excuse me, who is the father of head coach Kevin Kruger, new head coach for UNLV for the Running Rebels. Lon Kruger retired this season. Uh, I want to say what was that, last interesting week? Interesting coincidence in terms of. Funny how life works, huh? Yeah, it's interesting. Very interesting. So not only is Lon Kruger, has he retired from basketball, Lon Kruger is moving to Las Vegas. Huh. It's kind of weird. You know, he just Who his son thought? gets a job, and then like three days later you retire, and then you move to the same city where your son just got a job. It's interesting. interesting. He, cited, he cited being closer to family yeah, for his move. Absolutely. You can see that, right? Yeah, I can see that. Now, remember how I said last week Kevin Kruger coming to UNLV? Doesn't do anything for recruits because his dad didn't come with him. There you go. How long before they made me eat my words? Well, hopefully the Kruger. Uh, sorry. Yeah, it sounds crazy at first when you say like the Kruger, and then you realize like, no, this is really happening. No, I, I think it'll be. I think it'll be good just because of the fact you know that they're probably not going to alienate the guys they bring in, unlike a. So another coach. Hmm. Interesting. Um, you know, and Lon has the pedigree. So I think that'd be good. For what it's worth, too, we're going to get into these uh, Final Four uh, teams in a second. But um, for what it's worth, Jonathan Chamwachachua, who plays for Baylor, and Ethan Anderson, and I'm going to say this every chance I get, and Ethan Anderson, who plays for USC, both were recruited by Marvin Menzies. Mm. That's it. Yeah. I just want to, you know, just drop that little tidbit while we're talking about head coaches. Also, let's talk about assistant coaches. Uh, Kevin Kruger hired his first assistant coach. You want to know who it is? Lay it on me. Carlin Hartman, whose previous job was ding, 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 with the Oklahoma Sooners. Funny how things work in life. So, we shall see what comes of this. In this second hour, we will get into what are we getting into? Uh, Final Four basketball. We're getting into some baseball numbers. Majority of the second hour is going to be mainly baseball field. Uh, UNLV. So many different things going on. So many different things to talk about. Carlin Hartman coming over from Oklahoma. I do believe that we have seen, in, granted, in the past couple of years, UNLV, not only just the, the campus and the team, but the city get excited about whether it was the men's basketball team or the football team or whatever the case may be. And that excitement quickly being extinguished. So I'm not quite sure what to, to read into this. But just a couple of the facts that I just gave you, whether it's Lon Kruger retiring, whether it's Lon Kruger coming to Vegas, whether it's Carlin Hartman leaving Oklahoma for UNLV, you draw whatever conclusion you wish to draw. Anything else before we head out of this first hour? 
No, let's get on to the final four. I think we'll do it in that second hour. Again, Talk That Talk radio show records live from the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino from the largest superbook in the world for over 50 years. Formerly known as the largest hotel in the world for nearly a decade, the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino is located at 3000 Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. Stay with us, guys. We'll be right back with hour number two of Talk That Talk. Talk That Talk radio show records live from the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino from the largest super book in the world for over 50 years, formerly known as the largest hotel in the world for nearly a decade. The Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino is located at 3000 Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. <clears throat> Hour two. Yeah, man. Hour two. <sighs> Hour two. We getting right into it. Right into it. Where did we say we were starting? Final four. Final four. <laughs> I don't know where to start, bro. All right. Um. Let's start with Gonzaga. It's mm. a good place to start, right? I mean, they are undefeated. Um. Did anybody else give USC a shot, or was that just me? Oh, USC, you said? Yeah. No, I thought they could do it. I mean, the Mobley okay. brothers. Okay, so here's my deal. So I definitely thought that they that they had a shot. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you which team I didn't think have a, had a shot. Uh, this Gonzaga team continues to rise above the occasion. Sam mentioned something maybe, what, two, three weeks ago, maybe two and a half, that uh, this team finds a way to win. And like I told him before, they've had a lot of Gonzaga teams that have found a way to win, but never when it matters most. Does this year feel different? It does. It does. Why? Jalen sucks. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. I mean, obviously the entire team. Of course, but Jalen Suggs, I think. What what makes Jalen Suggs so? What makes him so much of a game changer for this for this Gonzaga team? So obviously Gonzaga has had great you know players before. It's a storied program. Gonzaga, I'm pretty sure a lot of people wouldn't even know it existed without its basketball program. No doubt. Uh, but I think Jalen Suggs is like the first. Maybe not first because they've had more, but like Adam Morrison went high. Yes. Uh, we know how that turned out. Yes. Uh, Jimmy Fredette went 10th, and he's killing it over in China. But uh, Every time he goes to China, he kills it. Every time he kills it in China, enough for them to bring him to the NBA, you remember he's Jimmy Fredette, and then you – Yeah. Yeah. Jalen Suggs feels like a guy that, like, is legit going to be an NBA superstar. For what it's worth, too, I don't want it to seem like we're hating on Jimmer Fredette. No, but I mean, he was great. Look. Let's admit that we were we were yelling Jimmer Fredette range before we were yelling Steph. No, absolutely. Jimmer, <laughs> Jimmer was incredible, but I think even at the time, people. That was BYU, yeah? Why did I think it was Gonzaga? Well, because it's, it's, they're still West Coast. That's Conference what, yeah. teams. Or at least I don't think BYU is anymore. But 
I'm I'm I thought you were saying that because they were bigger. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> let, yeah, let yeah, let me shoot you some bail and say that you were going with that only because they were big time talents that didn't necessarily transfer at the next level. They were big time talents at smaller schools. I guess is kind of what I was what I thought you were pulling college from that. players. Right. They're great college players right. that like, you know, you know like are just not going to do much at the next level. Jalen so, Suggs feels different. Right, and I was about to ask you, though, why, though? Because I think you might have just said, well, I his think vision, I asked you why with uh, his vision, Gonzaga. His ability to score at all three levels. Uh, the guy just looks like, I mean, I think he's right. Like, I would I would say Cade is the first. I think he's going to be the first pick, and so. rightly so. After that, I think it's up for anybody. I think Jalen's right there. Yeah. And then, I, I mean, I don't think very many people are going to argue with you, especially if they close it out with a national championship, even a national championship game appearance. Um, they're playing a team that I gave no shot. I don't mean no shot in the beginning of the tournament. I mean no shot in the game against Michigan. And that particular team was was UCLA. In the beginning of this tournament, before it started, we talked about that 11 play-in game. Michigan State and UCLA. And I posed the question to the room and said, would anybody be surprised if either one of these 11 seeds who have storied programs if they made a run? Everybody in the room said no. So why am I surprised? I think anytime it's an 11 seed, you're kind of like, uh, even if it is UCLA, I mean. Uh, right? So I don't. I hate to say it, but I would guess, like, if you look at three teams or out of the four teams, the three other ones have bigger stories than UCLA. Even being an 11 seed, what have we learned about this team? We we know about Mick Cronin. I mean, we know about potential NBA talent for sure on that roster. Right, absolutely. Why are they not being talked about as much? And, and, And is that a good thing? I think it is a good thing for them. There's no benefit in an, ec- an extra hype here. Hmm. They're going to be in the same place regardless. I mean, you ready for another UNLV basketball stat? Sure. Texas Tech lost last year as a runner-up. And I say last year because it was the last college season I was played. Right. So 2019 as a runner-up to Virginia, correct? Yes. Who's the head coach of Texas Tech? You have no clue, do no you? Idea. No idea. That name is Chris Beard. Let me tell you why I told you that. Mick Cronin. Like an <laughs> Mick Cronin is the head coach of UCLA, correct? Yes. If they make, if they win and they beat Gonzaga, they will be in the national championship. That would mean. That in back-to-back collegiate seasons, two previous coaches that were hired by UNLV but never coached a game would have made national title games before the program made the tournament again. That's interesting. That's very interesting. I don't really know what to, uh, to make of it. Just saying things that are factual. But, yeah, that is. 
Mick Cronin accepted the job and then received another offer and left Bef- before coaching a game. Chris Beard did the exact same thing. And I and I need to get my facts right. I might, I might even want to come to the show next time with more um more facts about it because I want to say somebody might one of those two might have actually had their introductory introductory press conference and then went somewhere else. So let that speak for itself. Uh, does that mean UNLV is brilliant at hiring coaches or really bad at hiring coaches? I think they like to do it a lot. So you could take well, that. You know. Since 1992, I think history has proven. Um, then let's talk about these other this other game. I, I really like, you know, the fact what we're seeing in terms of uh, another stat, you know. Baylor hasn't been to the Final Four since 1950. Right. Houston since 1984. You did. So I think it's, it's really cool that we're getting two teams, especially from Texas, uh, Thank you for saying my stat. That was my only stat. These are both teams from Texas. It'll be good because, I mean, look, when you have people like me who are not, like, college basketball junkies, like, I watch for NBA prospects. But, I mean, the usual is, like, you know, people want to see Kentucky, Duke, UNC, you know. This is what we're excited about. The UCLA's are here right now. Then when you get it, you know, a Final Four with Gonzaga, I'm just going to list off all the teams, Gonzaga, Houston, UCLA, Baylor. Mm-hmm. It's a nice little switch up, especially for the two Texas teams. I mean, that's a one team in 37 years, the other team in 71 years. For me, I haven't gone on record and talked about too many schools like I wanted to go to. San Diego State, you guys know, was one of them. I will admit this right now. I was this close. If I hadn't already made my – like, I had made my announcement, and I was going to UNLV. I got an acceptance letter from Texas Southern, which is in Houston. And I was very close <laughs> to burning UNLV like Chris Beard and Mick Cronin and going to Texas Southern. Interesting. So, everything happens for a reason. But – um. Yeah, man, Texas Southern. I appreciate you guys. I'm, I'm, I still might, you know, come down one day. Um. Anyway, let's talk about this other one real quick. We just kind of started to talk about it. Houston and Baylor. I mean, you asked me what a month ago, who was the best three point shooting team in college basketball, and I said I know Baylor takes a lot of them. Mm. Houston has proven to be a tough defensive team when need be. Classic case here. Which one takes the which one uh takes the edge here? I'm going Baylor because that's my only dog that's left in a fight. <laughs> that's all I got. I think Baylor's gonna win. I think Baylor's gonna beat Houston. Um but again, like nothing it wouldn't surprise me if Houston won. Like I, I just feel that Baylor, especially after watching them these past few games, I mean when you get to this point, are there any more surprises when you're at the no, Final Four? No, absolutely not. There is no sur- I'm going Baylor just because that's honestly how I'm feeling right now. If you ask me tomorrow morning, I might feel different. Hmm. But Baylor, I'm feeling, and I think uh, 
I know it's boring, two number one seeds, but uh, I think we'll go, I'm, I got Gonzaga. So, well, I think Houston's the number two seed. Right. Houston's a two. But I got, uh, oh, you have Gonzaga Baylor. Yeah, Excuse yeah, me. yeah, Gonzaga and Baylor. Okay, in, so in the let me ask you this. As a UNLV fan, should, well, I shouldn't say fan. As UNLV alum, as UNLV, UNLV alum, geez. Should we be cheering for Mick Cronin? UCLA is such a storied program. It's like you almost want to see them there. Just like unless you have like a rivalry, I, I don't have. Again, I'm not from California. I've gone to a California school. So, would you like to t- me to tell you what that rivalry is like and why I have looked well, at you stone faced? You're a USC. You yeah. absolutely are. You know that. Yeah. I told you guys my 11th grade year, UCLA. Well, I know you out. like UCLA. I, I know you like USC football. I didn't know it was like a basketball. Thing. It's it's a family thing in general. I'll tell this quick story. Uh, UCLA reached out my 11th grade year. Uh, wanted us to come down, me and a couple of just people from the school come down, uh, check out this new program they were coming out with. Well, I forgot exactly what it was. We would stay f- at the hotel, I mean, at the, on the campus for um, a week. Um, all these different things, right? Or a weekend, excuse me. And essentially, it would heighten our chances to go to get into the school. Okay. It's 11th grade, I was 16. I told them, with all due respect, even if you guys offered me tomorrow, I wouldn't come. You get a full ride? I said that. And they looked at me right in my face and was like, why? And I told them, has nothing to do with the school per se, but I'm sorry, man. You know how I feel. Family ties. Everybody in my family is cardinal and gold. If I walk in and brew and blue... I, I can't promise you that I won't burst into flames. I can't. It's, I, mean, I feel like you have to pick a side in California. I, you got to no, pick I, a side. I definitely hear you. I mean, if they offer you a scholarship, though, and they want to pay your full ride. Hey, fam. I, I'll, I'll put it this way. After already having my bachelor's degree now, I probably would tell 16 Terrell, 16-year-old Terrell something different. But I also know how I am in terms of just L.A., my grandmother, who is no longer here, rest her soul, uh, my mom's mom, like, has seniority at USC. To the to the point to where she's worked for USC, or excuse me, worked for USC for so long. Once oh, my so grades like are... family... Absolutely, I told you. Okay, I thought it was just, like, sort of, like, a, just a fandom thing. No, I'm literally tied in the USC. Oh, like, if okay. I get my... Or when I get my grades to whatever, like, let's say I wanted it to be at a 4.0. Whatever their their requirement is for that semester... If I get into USC on my own merits, my grandmother's work, they pay for it. Or that pays for it, essentially. So I have seniority at USC, but I have to get in on my own merit. Once I'm in, so if you they'll pay the way. Like a master's program, right? They would pay the way. Wow. I just got to get in on my own merit. Yeah. So I will not be wearing blue and blue, period. It's not going to happen. So I'm not cheering for Mick Cronin. Sorry, guys. Um... Can we get to your favorite what? If I was walking down the street and he walked right past me. Mick Cronin? I wouldn't know a thing. I don't think you would. I think him and Chris Beard. Sorry to that man. Mask off and you would just look at him and be like, fam. I don't know. It's some random guy. I don't know. You're a guy that's in my way, actually. Wouldn't know a thing. Uh, We are about 15 minutes into this second show. Or second hour of the show, rather. The great Kiki Palmer. Sorry to this man. I don't know. Wouldn't know a thing. If you don't know what that is, 
it doesn't even matter. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about one of our sponsors, and one of our sponsors, of course, is Center for the Young and Gifted, where they offer trilingual early childhood education. The three languages that will be taught will be English, Spanish, and Mandarin. And in case you are not familiar, Mandarin is the fastest growing business language. Center for the Young and Gifted will be offered to children that are between the ages of six weeks to six years of age. They will serve all of Los Angeles County and its surrounding areas. In addition to that, they're now enrolling for their 2021-2022 school year. Their summer program availability will launch at the same time as their website, which will be Saturday, May 1st. For any new information, you guys can email them at info at centerfortheyoungandgifted.com. Once again, that is info at cftyag.com. Salim. Yes, sir. I think this is the part that you said was going to be your favorite for the show, right? Let's go. Baseball time. Bam. All right, so here's the deal. I started this up by telling you, could we start this show? We didn't do our meeting today, but I almost wanted to meet with you yesterday because I asked if we could move the show up an hour because I thought that I had an aviator breakdown to come in here and do. My aviator breakdown is about an 85, maybe 90% of the way done. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give it 85. The aviators have an entire month, another month. <laughs> I don't know why I, be, I believe that the season started April 6th. It no longer starts April 6th. <laughs> I believe it's May 8th. Uh, or maybe May 6th, and it's supposed to start April 8th. One of the two, but now it starts in May. So that was the miscommunication on my part. We have a little bit longer before we have to do this aviator breakdown. But tomorrow, baseball season starts, Major League Baseball. And I think this is the perfect time to bring up the fact that here at the Westgate Superbook, they have begun their baseball season's wins challenge. It began in early March and is going to run all the way to October 3rd of this year. Any of these tellers at any of these windows will be able to inform you guys on these contest rules. You can pick them up at any of these windows. Again, you have, what is this, Salim? Six months? Is that six months? Yeah, yeah. Six months to be a part of this baseball season wins challenge. Come down to the Westgate Superbook here at 3000 Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109 and be a part of it. So I feel like it's only important, I mean, it's only right that we talk some some certain key Categories for the baseball season, right? Let me get started. Okay. Can we start with, with win totals? Yeah, but that's what I was. Uh, Beautiful. I, I was. Are you about to ask me the same question that you asked me off here? Yeah, hold on. I just gotta find the win total. Take all of them. Paper. Take all of them. We'll 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 get it together right now. So win total is first. What is this? Okay, this is rookie of the year. I don't want that. Oh. Beautiful. All right. So I think what we have so far is just the divisions. I'm not even sure if I see total wins or maybe I didn't grab the total wins. But um, yeah, so I, we have the odds right here, though. So we could even give our I don't think they have them. Up. Do they have them up over there? They do. They do. They do. They do. OK. Anyway, let's start there. Let's start with win totals. We're looking at the uh, divisions right now. Where are you leaning? Or where are you starting, rather? Forget leaning. You know where I'm going to start. 
All right, here we go. Okay. So in the MLB. So the Cardinals. I know. I thought you. Oh, I thought you. Okay, my bad. No, Maybe no, I was you, you know. You know. My bad. The Miami Marlins had the best uh, winning percentage in the spring training uh, grapefruit league, and including the cactus league as well. So why don't you just say the best record in the majors? They went fourteen and five. Um, most of the predictions, from what I've seen, have them going sixty-six and ninety-six around there, like sixty-six to sixty-eight games. One, I'm not a betting man. I don't gamble. I would bet the over on that. And that's not even me being a homer. Like, I, I don't see them losing less than 70 games. So Really? You don't see them losing less than I 70? I mean, s- sorry. I I was going to be like, fam, no, wait no, no, a no, minute. I'm sorry, guys. It's late. My okay. brain is, like, fried right now. Um, You don't see them they're losing win, more than 70. Excuse me. They're going to win at least 70 games. Okay, so I didn't want to be that guy, but it, I was gonna ask. I would be when you said sixty six and ninety six. I was gonna look at you and say, if I said they won over seventy one games, I would call that a win. I understand what happened last year. I do, truthfully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I get it. Um, last year was really weird. No, the the MLB is very very down on the Marlins this year. I mean, we're projected to be like the like the second or third worst team in the league. Well, your current odds to win your division is sixty to one. Yeah, and look, which guys, is of course the worst odds of anybody. Or, well, I guess best odds depending on if you're betting on them. <laughs> yeah, if there's a win total thing and they're at like, so yeah, they're gonna win more than seventy games. I'm so looking at the rest of the uh, of, of the uh, NL rather, they have two teams that are five hundred to one to win their division. One team, I think, okay, possibly. The other team, I think. Really? The Pirates? The Pirates, I say okay. Yeah, because that. I mean, it's just it's Pittsburgh. Well, I it's saw, just, I saw I, Pittsburgh baseball is just so. It's uh, What are we doing? I saw a projection, or at least a predict, prediction here on CBS Sports, that's saying the Pittsburgh Pirates this year will have the worst record since the Tigers went 43 and 119 in 2003. Sound right to you? Well, you know, the Tigers did win a World Series. Uh, or they did go to the World Series, I should say, three years after that. So things can change. Quickly. Shout out to Maglio Ordonez. Absolutely, things can change. What do you know about Maglio? Absolutely. What? Oh, let me find out. All right, now this other team that's 500, and, and 500 to 1 to win their division in this NL. I don't think they're going to win the division. I don't. But if any team has surprised us the most, I want to say in the last 15 years, and what I mean by the most, I mean whenever they're good, they always shock people. They're the New York Giants of baseball. And I'm going to Colorado Rockies. That's a big one. Well, I mean, another fun fact. In their 29 years of existence, the Colorado Rockies. I like it. They've had a team, and this is incredible. They've had 11 batting uh, batting titles like from guys on that like. That's DJ LeMayhew, Charlie Blackman, Troy Tulowitzki. Who else we got? I'm guessing Nolan Arenado. Nolan Arenado. Todd Held, I don't believe batted that well enough for one. Hell, Todd Held might have one. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> I, Todd Held might have one. I don't know. Um, 
out of those, I, I'm not even going to do it to Pittsburgh. Do you believe that Colorado is primed or can be primed for another shocking season? Yeah, I mean, Trevor's story, if they don't trade him, Charlie Blackman, uh, Ramel Tapia. I mean, they have a, they have good players on that team. Right. You know, like, there's Ian Desmond still there. Brendan Rodgers is there. So, I, I mean, I look at certain pieces they that the team has. You are, team. Exactly. Like this is not like a, uh, some team that's, you know, going to be fighting and clawing, just, you know, and scraping here and there like they – I think the main thing for them is seeing if their if their starting pitch, pitching can remain healthy. That's the main thing I think always for this Colorado team. Even when they had uh, Ubaldo Jimenez, that you go back to that season and his groundbreaking season. Following that year, I believe they continue to every year. Every year they've had injuries, whether it was John Gray, whether it was Kyle Freeland, whether it was it's it's literally somebody every year. I think the back end of their bullpen, not last season, maybe two seasons ago, was just depleted. So I'm excited to see what Colorado is, is able to do. Um, the Dodgers are obviously the favorite to come out of the, uh, the NL East, or excuse me, NL West. Looking over at the AL East real quick. <laughs> Celine, mm. we say every year that the AL East is up for grabs, right? In most cases. Yeah, yeah. It's either Yankees, Red Sox, Rays, and then on a good year, the Blue Jays, right? On a very good year, the Blue Jays. Why does nobody count Baltimore? God bless the Baltimore Orioles. Um, I'll always root for Baltimore. One, because Cal Ripken. Two, I really like Adam Jones, even though that was, you know, a while ago. Uh, three, their stadium's awesome, Camden Yards. I love and it. Four, I like the logo. And five, I like the city of Baltimore. Okay, so I was with all of those except for number four. You like the logo? I love the logo. Can't get enough. I and disagree, I like the city fam. Of it's just weird. I don't. What is that? It's just a. It. It's like no. I'm aware it's a bird, <laughs> but I had something to say, and it just don't. It. It ain't gonna. It ain't gonna end well. So I'm not gonna say it. Um, they're five. I'm sure you know what I was gonna say too. They're 500 to one. Do they have any shot of finishing anywhere other than fifth in the, in the AL East? Yeah, I think they have a shot. Over who? I mean, I'm not saying it's a good shot, <laughs> uh, but it's a shot nonetheless. Yeah. Let's see, fam, give me one. I mean, I don't really believe I guess in the uh you know I wouldn't be shocked if the Red Sox are terrible this year with their pitching. Oh man. I, I know Chris Sale is gonna be a big blow for that team, but I you can't do that. You can't do that. And by the way, let's just get away from the AL East because it's just a disgusting conversation to have. Let's go back to the a to the NL East for a quick second. We mentioned the Marlins. There's no way in hell that we're not gonna mention the fact that this entire NLEs from the Mets to the Braves to the Nationals to the Phillies to the Marlins is probably going to be the best division to watch from opening day to the first day of the postseason, right? I'll tell you one thing right now. One thing. Listen to me when I say. I got to look at you too. Yeah, you got The Miami Marlins will not be fifth in that division. I have them 
finishing over the Phillies. I think really? Yes, I think they're going to be a better team than Philadelphia. Are you sure that the Nationals have enough hitting? I wouldn't shock me. Like like I said, if the Nationals are fifth in that division, I'm I'm betting on the Nationals being fifth. Like I said, I don't think the Marlins are going to be great by any means, but it's not out of the question for them to win like to scrape to like 78 wins. It's really not. Like their young pitching is that good. Six though. Yeah, and Sixto's going to miss the first uh, week or two of the season. Exactly. Like, they have really good young pitching. They have some young bats. They got some vets. I mean, it's not a great team. It's still talent-starved. You know, it's an average batting team, but Jazz Chisholm, they're going to get J.J. Day. we might get to see later on, September. This AL Central has... Pretty much the Cubs and, or excuse me, the Cubs. I mentioned the other uh, the other Chicago team. They pretty much have the White Sox and the Twins fighting it out at the top. They always produce a surpriser. It never fails. You mentioned the Detroit Tigers of a couple of years ago with uh, Matt. I can't even say a couple of years ago now. It's that's like that's a decade ago, right? So at least a decade ago, almost 15 years ago. Magli Ordonez and his Detroit Tigers. Um, Minnesota last year made a run, and I think a lot of people may have shocked a lot of people. The White Sox, we we know about the White Sox. They literally are either – it seems like they're – they have potential to be a playoff throwing for everybody or they're nowhere near the playoffs. So when you look at a, at a division that literally produces a, a different winner, it seems like every single season, whether it's the White Sox, the Twins, the Indians, the Royals, or the Tigers – this is another thing that we they they say that the Tigers are supposed to be the worst team in this division. I'm not sure about that. Can't, what does Kansas City have? Kansas City's 300 to 1 and the Tigers are 500 to 1. My question to you. Surprisingly, uh, what well, is over in Kansas guess, City? But, you know, the Texas Rangers, I know they're not in that division, but they're 1000 to 1. Well, big. Are you looking at these numbers too? Looking at the World Series odds. Oh, okay. I was definitely looking over here like these are not odds to win your division. Okay. So, of course, lastly as well, um, I believe a lot of people are looking at Houston as like the main team to come out of this AOS. But uh, I do believe that the Athletics and the Angels will have something to say this particular time around. What? The the Pirates are 1,500 to 1 to win the NL pennant. Long live Mac Miller. Yes, absolutely. Long live Mac. Miller. Long live Mac. Absolutely. Long live Blue Slide Park. Uh, what I want to do, I wanted to do breakout stars. That's what I wanted to do. Who are you anticipating being breakout stars? We could look at our rookie paper. Who are you anticipating being breakout stars in this baseball season? I think a lot of people. You mentioned Sixto last year, and you hit that hit the nail right on the head. Yeah, and that's something that you don't see people do very often. And Sixto is, is he number one? He is. Sixto has the highest odds to win the NL Rookie of the Year this season. So, I'm unsure of if it'll actually happen, but um, I spot three Marlins here. See, why do you? Your eyes only go to the Marlins, don't they? No, on a serious note, um, man, I. You stick with the NL. I stick with the AL. Okay. This is you're gonna you're gonna be upset. 
This is gonna frustrate me. There's, I have two besides six though. If, if six though, like. I say six though doesn't count for you because you caught him last year. So I think they're a little late on him. Yeah, and I think six though is gonna be if he does play enough because he's gonna miss mm-hmm. some time uh, recovering from. I think he had COVID. Um, Joey Bart or like Trevor him. Rogers. Hmm. I like Joey Bart. Yeah, so I uh, those are my two. Again, I could be a complete homer and say, oh, yeah, J.J. Bidet, uh, you know, Jazz Chisholm. Well, let me give you a couple of names that I'm paying attention to over in uh, AL. Let me just go ahead and highlight A.J. Puck, first of all. Mm-hmm. Let me just do that. Um, where's the puke? See, and I went through this last season covering them, or two seasons ago now covering them. That's why it seems probably so far away. But um, I, I'm going to give you a name, man. And the name that I'm going to give you. And maybe you can pronounce, maybe you can help me pronounce it. Is it Casey Mazee? Or is it Mazee? Your guess is as good as See if you can Google the pronunciation of his last name. So I, I just mentioned Detroit, right? I mentioned how I didn't think that Detroit was going to be the last team in the AL Central. I thought Kansas City would be. I think Casey is going to be a big reason for that. I looked at their at their pitching rotation, and I believe Michael Fulmer is starting the season coming off the uh, or excuse me, starting the season uh, out of the bullpen. Now, a lot of people may not remember Matt Shoemaker a couple of years ago when he was dealing for the Angels. Uh, I believe he's a red or not a red. Star, I believe he's a Blue Jay or was a Blue Jay last. He had a stint in Detroit. And Michael Fulmer became the guy. And they've gone through so much transitioning that Michael Fulmer is now out of their bullpen. I don't think that's being talked about enough. I don't. So I'm not even sure if you can look at this AL and say, oh, okay, this is like a glaring name that's probably um, – that's probably coming off of the paper. Maybe Nolan Jones with the Indians. Uh, I mean, Wanda Franco for me is the okay. He's the he's the guy. I was gonna say Brendan McKay, but we still just went to two rays. Um, again, I'm gonna go really quick back to Nolan Jones simply because maybe I'm just doing everything in the AL Central. Maybe I should stay away from the AL Central. But what do the Indians have to play for? Changing that damn name. First of all, that's the first thing. So let me say Cleveland. What does Cleveland – so my, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I expected your answer to be it all. I did expect your answer to be it all because I think the most dangerous team – we talked about UCLA – is the team that has nobody paying attention to them. I mentioned Colorado. The Indians were just in the World Series less than, six, less than what, five years ago? MLB, man, things change so quickly. So quickly. It's not like the NBA in that way. I mean, the NBA, thing, I'm not going to say things, no, I get you. things change, but not like It still takes a little bit to shape up, even still. The MLB, man, it can be a series of a couple years. Like, if you told me that in 2024 the Pittsburgh Pirates win the World Series, I'd be like, yeah, I mean, probably not the most likely thing, but it could happen. Who was the one – who was the change? Did they trade for Mike Trout? Did they trade for Sixto Sanchez? What did they do? I don't know, but they did something. <laughs> but they had to do something. In 2024, the Pittsburgh Pirates are, uh, you know, 
blasting Mac Miller's music at a parade Th- and Wiz Khalifa? Honestly, man, we th- Pittsburgh, I need you guys to do it. Like, in I, a I, weird like, way, I, I need w- you guys to do it now. That's just how big. I mean, like I said, 2003. It would be a huge deal. The Tigers won 43 games. Three years later, they were in the World Series. Like, things Talk change. about it. Talk about it. Let's talk about two things really quick. I want to talk about the biggest surprise and the biggest letdown from this season. Are you ready? Let's go. You want to start with the biggest surprise or the biggest letdown? Either one. Either one? All right. I'm going to go biggest surprise first. Now, when I say biggest surprise, I don't mean the team is going to be great. I mean that the conversation about this person may change. Remember Matt Harvey? Yes, actually. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. He made the rotation in Baltimore. Now, I've seen this story get covered two different ways. Matt Harvey's resurgence. And how bad does the Oreo rotation have to be for Matt Harvey to make it? I want to say that I covered Matt Harvey two seasons ago with the Aviators. Never would I ever have thought that I would have covered the Dark Knight on a AAA baseball team. But you just mentioned how quickly baseball changes. I remember a very candid conversation to the point where even when it was told to me, I was a little shocked about a conversation that took place with Matt Harvey and the coaches. It was how can I put it? It was laid out on a table that Matt Harvey was not going to start any more games for the Aviators. In addition to that, they offered him the opportunity to get released from his contract. Matt Harvey opted to stay with the Aviators and say that he was willing to help the team in any way he could. Matt Harvey recorded the final outs for the Aviators ahead of their division winning game. So in the game that clinched the division for the Aviators, Matt Harvey pitched those last final outs. I think for me, that was an embodiment of what Matt Harvey's future could hold. The biggest story that we always heard about Matt Harvey was his attitude was his arrogance, pompousness, whatever word you want to use, that's what was used to describe Matt Harvey. So to tell somebody with Matt Harvey's resume that you won't be starting any more games for this AAA ball club, Matt Harvey could have reacted in a slew of different ways. You're absolutely right. So I think being a starter for a team that is expected to do nothing what happens if Matt Harvey goes 12-6? and six? Wouldn't shock me. If Matt Harvey goes 12-6 and six with a 4.4 ERA, what's the conversation about Matt Harvey? Do people wonder if Matt Harvey can help them potentially chase a pennant? Yeah, I mean, you can never have enough pitching. There's one thing, just like in the NBA, you can never have enough shooting. 
the MLB pitching, pitching, pitching. So if he were to do that, it, yeah, he could definitely help a team. I think he could still help a team to this day. And then I'm going to go here to the biggest letdown. Oh, man, this is always tough. I'm not doing this in the sense of saying that this person is going to be horrendous by any stretch of the imagination. However, do you recall that we were talking about the NL Central? Or excuse me, not the NL Central, the NL East. I said that I didn't think the Marlins were going to finish last. I said I thought that the Nationals might. Right. Do you know who the Nationals added to their rotation? Who's that? John Lester. I love John Lester all the way down to the attitude. When he was with Boston, I don't think they win those championships without John no, Lester. No, 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 no. You go to the Cubs, they don't win that championship without John Lester. So John Lester is clearly a a a, a pivotal part for any team that's ready to that's ready to make that move. However, we saw Juan Soto deal with some injuries last season. Um Steven Strasburg is always excuse me, not Steven Strasburg. Max Scherzer has always been a person to where he's either unhittable or he's getting multiple balls sent to the warning track. Yeah. So I think when you have that starting pitching, that at the end of the day, regardless of how much pitching they have, we always say that it comes down to who? Max and Steven Strasburg. Mm-hmm. So if it's not Scherz or Strauss, the Nationals are nervous. Even with Patrick Corbin. So I believe that they've added John Lester to be the John Lester of old, and I think that he will not be the John Lester of old simply because of human nature. I don't believe that John Lester is going to be bad. Now, remember what I said about ascensions. As he is slowly declining from his peak, from his apex, his bad is going to look like a lot of people's normal. Yeah, and I mean, he's I'm seeing he's 37 years old. It's right. not like, you know, that would be shocking. Everybody can't be Jamie Moyer and pitch to your 80. Yeah. I remember his some of his last games, man. That was insane. Jamie Moore is a, the man, bro. Dude, pitching at 51. That's... So, that's just what I have for biggest surprise and the biggest letdown just for right now. We're not going to finish this baseball wrap-up today, clearly. Um, do you have yours? Biggest surprise or biggest letdown before I, I get into my Padres next I think the Padres win the World Series. I'm sorry, huh? Obviously, Terrell uh, being a uh, Dodgers fan. I'm not a Dodgers fan. You're not a Dodgers fan? I am not a Dodgers fan, sir. I just assumed you were. Uh, oh, you're an Angels fan. I am. That's right. Please do not say that very loud for the aviators. Don't say that very loud. I've even told them that, and they just kind of look at me like, mm. <laughs> the San The San Diego Padres are going to win the World Series. And Please don't say that anymore because Kobe Rich is listening. And Fernando Tatis is going to hold up a trophy, and it's just going to be glorious. Where's Manny in this process? He's in a back somewhere with his hat on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everybody's chilling. If we're doing extremely hot takes like that, I'm going to Mets, man. 
But I don't feel like that's like a crazy hot. Even though they are Is the Mets it? are the Mets. Uh, no, I think that's why it's a crazy hot take. The Mets are still the Mets. But like every the Mets are like the Clippers. Yeah, that is true. I'm looking all of the like every prediction, especially now that Lindor like, it's all like 95 games, like 91, you know. But yeah, in, in my opinion, I I do think that's my hot take. The Padres are gonna win the World Series. My dad is gonna flip his lid when he hears that. He's gonna be like, "What?" So give me the biggest letdown, whether it's a player, whether it's a team. The Dodgers finished third in the NOS. No, I'm just playing. No, I wouldn't. Even, not even me. I, I wouldn't go that far. I never know. Sports. My dad said Gavin Lux. Talking about big, biggest surprise. Uh, I'm going to be honest, man. Um, a lot of moving went on with that Dodger organization. And I think that Gavin Lux has been talked about for so many seasons coming up that I think that you can no longer hide him. So I think a lot of people are going to prepare for Gavin Lux as if he's this phenom that's coming up to the next level, and he's going to a team that's defending world champions. I don't believe that this is going to be a very, very easy easy season for Gavin Lux, especially to start. That's just me. Um, My biggest letdown will be the Pittsburgh Pirates because I don't even think they win 40 times. <laughs> are you trolling or are you serious? Because I, I might want to bet which one that one. kick them when they're down. Are they down? Hell, they're not up. I'm not gonna argue with you there. Um, I mean, when you y'all want to do one more, let, let's do one more. Let's do one more. Let's do one more. All Star Game MVP. Juan Soto. Damn. Are you gonna say Juan Soto? I wonder if I want to make an argument, and I just want to see if they can if if they can have. An all-star to come off of that team. I want to say Nolan Arenado. Mm. I'm calling – actually, I feel like I say Nolan Arenado for a lot of stuff. I do think he's the best third baseman in baseball, so why don't I go ahead and say something different? I'm going to go Vlad Guerrero Jr. Interesting. Can you name another all-star over there? In Toronto? Kevin Biggio. Maybe. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Biggio, okay. Maybe. 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 Vlad is the only guaranteed all-star from the Blue Jays, right? They lost Marcus Stroman. He's a Met. Are we sure that Vlad is guaranteed? I don't know. That's why I'm asking. That's why I said he's the only guaranteed one over there, I mean, right? I think he's a guaranteed one. But I think he's a guaranteed one. Do you think he's partially guaranteed because of his name? I like Vlad Guerrero Jr., but, yeah, I, I do think it's – if his name was different, there would be a different dialogue around him. Not that he's not a really good player. He is. Do you think that people are building him up to be the next Prince Fielder, essentially, son of Cecil? Because for what it's worth, I didn't know Cecil Prince – Cecil Prince. Cecil Fielder – um, my dad clearly told me stories about Cecil, but only after I came to him after Prince. There was not a Prince at bat th- through his first four years where you didn't hear about Cecil. So, I mean, granted, it's it's Cecil and Prince, and it's Vlad and Vlad, but, I mean, h- how much of it is the same effect? I mean, 
I want to say that Vlad takes that next step and becomes a superstar. Um, but I, I don't know if that's going to be the case. I, I just I don't know if he's going to still like just hit like extremely hard ground balls. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, like don't get me wrong. He's tearing a hole through the shortstop's gloves. <laughs> I would not want to be on the receiving end of a ground ball, even if it's a routine. My dad plays third base. My dad loves the hot corner. I don't think he would want to be in the hot corner. Even if be on the hot corner if Vlad is in the batter's routine, box. Routine play. I'm not touching. But he does hit a lot of grounders. So, I don't know. I'm wondering if – okay, let's be honest, man. That a- that ALEs, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton – Garrett Cole, Chris Sale, was Mookie Betts. You still add in a big-time player like Kike Hernandez. Who else do they still have? I'm missing a big name. Doogie. You got Alex Verdugo. Um, You had Blake Snell in, in um, Tampa. So I say all of this to say I'm naming star power in – the AL majority of the stars that I just named were either from the Yankees or the Red Sox, which yeah. are teams that win the most out of the AL East. Last question that I have for you about this. Does Vlad Guerrero need to win in order? And I don't mean win at all, but does he have to win his division or be close to winning his division in order to become a mainstay, a mainstay staple? No. I mean, Interesting. look at Mike Trout's career. I almost said you, goodbye, Selena. Baseball is a team sport. I We're going to end the show. <laughs> Damn, that was so unnecessary. I mean, but it's true. All right, we're going to get out Plus of here. Plus, with his name, I mean, he already has it. If he just is a little bit better, it doesn't matter. I mean, look at the Angels. When's the last time they made the playoffs? When the Kansas City Royals won their World Series because they swept the Angels in the first round. My dad's tipping is, <laughs> I wish someone in these ex-fighter camps would talk some sense into them when they talk about coming out of retirement. Now, everybody can't be George Foreman. Shout out to George Foreman. He's the only fighter that I could think of that was successful with unretiring and making some noise. After knocking out a then-undefeated Joe Frazier to win the heavyweight championship in 1973, he defended the belt twice before losing his professional uh Okay, that's, why, that's what my dad texted me. Losing his first professional fight to Muhammad Ali in the iconic Rumble in the Jungle in 1974. After being unable to secure the belt again, he retired after a loss to Jimmy Young in 1977. Fast forward 20 years later, at 45 years old in 1994, Foreman came out of retirement and unified the heavyweight championships by knocking out 26-year-old Michael Moore. Oh, excuse me. By knocking out 26-year-old Michael Moore to become the oldest world heavyweight champ in history but today after hearing that i didn't know you were going there uh but today after hearing that former mma legend anderson silva at 46 and oscar de la hoya at 48 are both unretiring to fight in separate boxing matches come on guys give me a break after my after my tip in a few weeks ago about the marvelous one i wish all fighters knew how to retire with dignity Fam, I'm going to let that breathe because it needed to be heard. 
Dad, that was great. We appreciate the tip in. Um, we're gonna get out of here. I think we did a. I think we did a, a decent amount of talking today. Yeah, we covered what we needed to cover. <laughs> I think we covered a decent amount. Once again, shout out to Center for the Young and Gifted. Always, always working to make change. We appreciate you guys so much. We know about some of the stuff behind the scenes that's going on. We know about the initiatives. Uh, whatever we can do to help, we're always here. As always, Director Tatiana Jordan, we appreciate you. Um, one, one all of our sponsors. Thing. One last thing. Oh, they have at it. The Angels are going to win 86 games this year. You did not have to stop the show for that. Shohei Otani, it's going to be crazy. The fact that you said that we're going to win 86 games as if the season doesn't contain 162. 86 is pretty good. Celine, stop talking to me. It's over 500. All right. I thought I was being nice. I don't usually end the show like this, but stop talking. Let's go Marlins.